Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Today is April the 7th, 2020. And yes, we are mostly all confined in our houses. For the ones who are still working, kudos to you, but you be safe out there. We don't need everybody else getting sick. Make sure that you're wearing the proper mask and not just any hand cloth made-up mask. I know what they've shown on TV and on the news just about, but doctors are saying that those are not preventable. And also make sure that you're washing your hands, which you already should have been doing. Anyhow, I don't know why all of a sudden now everybody's germaphobic, but those are things that you should have been doing, washing your hands, you know, wearing the proper gear when you're doing, handling certain things. But just be safe out there. My job just um, so happened last week closed up, so hopefully they'll be open back April the 13th. Hopefully, I said. But anyhow, we're going to keep this thing going because we don't let nothing like this confine us. We're not even going to give it a name. Today here with me is Elliot Robertson, who is a love and joy coach and author and a certified happiness workshop leader. Elliot is the author of Say Yes to Life, Seven Keys to Living Full Out from Within, and he has written devotionals for Daily Word Magazine as well as articles for Science of Mind and Wisdom Magazine. He holds a master's degree in psychology. For years, Elliot consistently squelched his desires the moment they emerged. His constant refrain was, yes, I like to be friends with the person, with this person, but I'm not good enough. The belief that he was not good enough was pervasive. Whenever his heart voiced a desire, it was immediately ruled out, whether the desire was related to career advancement, relationships, or money. In college, he never asked out a woman who had captured his heart at first sight. After graduating, he worked at entry-level jobs for years. His low self-esteem led him to sabotage a relationship with him, with man, within a year of meeting him and falling in love. Now he has compassion for the young man he used to be to know that the cosmos is benevolent and majestic and creates only images of its own nature. This transformation has revealed to him his passion and purpose for supporting others in their journey of liberation from the misery and paralysis that come with low self-worth. Through the course of his journey, he has discovered keys to opening the doorway to the realm of day-to-day authentic happiness. He is committed to sharing these keys through his writing and coaching, and he's with us today to share those keys as well. Elliot, first and foremost, thank you for being here on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. I so appreciate it. You're welcome. So how is everything in your neck of the woods? Is most jobs closed um, down as well? Things are sort of quiet, like a ghost town over here in Philadelphia. But um, I'm, I've been in a wonderful state of happiness. I'm so optimistic about how things might be a year from now when we look back at uh, what happened. Why, I'm hoping that we can all have a good laughter after this. But it's just teaching us, you know, to just be still. And I mean actually be still. I'm glad that Georgia came up with the ordinance 
for people to just stay put in their houses because people are taking for a joke. I'm not saying be fearful because it's not what God wants us to do, to be fearful, but at the same time, you have to use common sense. Like, literally, my brother-in-law mentioned, oh, I'm coming over to the house. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. You don't come to the house. Did you not hear what they said? They said social distancing. You can FaceTime. You can Zoom. You can do whatever. Oh, and speaking of Zoom, you know the you know um, things are going up for Zoom because everybody has been on that chat. So um, he's doing pretty well. And I think he is in China on top of it. But, okay, enough about those discussions. Anyway, Ella, I'm glad to have you here through all the chaos that's going on. Thank you so much. But I want to get right to the first question here. You know, we have quite a few books that have been written about happiness over the last 10 or 20 years. So what sets your book apart from the others? A lot of the books that have been written over the years um, have been valuable. I've gotten quite a lot from them. They tend to be research books, academic-type books, basically how-to books with recipes and with steps that you need to take uh, to up your level of happiness uh, a notch. And my book is um, quite different because it has a lot of fictional stories, a fictional narrative in it. So it asks the re- it lets the reader go into their imagination, and I think that when wisdom is presented through the imagination, it can sink in deeper and become just more readily understood. And I love the book. It's not long either, guys. It's it's simple. It's not no um, large word. No un recognized words in here that you wouldn't know. Like, it's a very easy read. I, I do. I love it so much. Um, now, with this going on, you know, I'm sure there's more unhappy people out here these days. Since 2012, depression has skyrocketed amongst U.S. youth. Over the last eight years, the number of depression young men has almost up. What would you say is the single most important factor accounting for this increase? I think what we need to be doing if we want to have more inner harmony and more happiness in our lives, uh, just that day-to-day happiness, that default level, uh, that that the happiness for no reason, as opposed to, oh, I'm happy because I went to the circus and it was a lot of fun. Just that day-to-day happiness, it can go, if what we need to do to help it be supported and help it go up a notch is to really be present. Uh, present to who we are, present to what we're encountering in the moment. And when we have um, the monkey mind, the chattering, judgmental mind going in all directions, uh, when we've got fear and distractions coming forward, that can take us away from being present. That can get in the way of just really um, being present to our heart. Right. I can imagine. I, I I can really say that I don't know what it's like to actually go through depression. My mother experienced it then years ago. You know, people didn't know what it was. I even see it on social media, a young man who actually is experiencing it. You know, people joke about it, but it's really something serious. Uh, what's, what is serious? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not sure I follow you. Oh, I'm sorry, Ellie. It's really serious with the fact that we have 
young man who not even made it to 30 years of age experiencing depression. Um, as I was saying, I know of a young man who's on social media who's not even up in the age, because I'm 37. He's not even close to that, and he's experiencing it. Um, yes, yes, there are a I lot of people more. who are struggling, uh, especially the younger people. In fact, there was a study done not long ago, and it found that all age groups over the last several years have been experiencing more depression. There are more and more depressed people in every age group. But it also found that the biggest increase was amongst the teenagers and youth that younger part of the population is really skyrocketing in how many are depressed in those levels. And you know what? Um, I really do believe that we always have the opportunity to open our hearts and ourselves a little bit more. Every day we can grow um, in our level of self-acceptance. We can move in that direction uh, on our life journey, the journey of acceptance and, and beginning to fall in love with ourselves. And, um, you know, it's really just – St. Catherine said that heaven is not a place. It's not a place you go to. It's a direction that you're facing. So I'm really always eager to encourage people to notice what direction they're facing. If, if you're facing a direction where you're cursing life, saying things are not going my way, I don't want it to be like this, I want it to be like that, then you're not facing the direction of heaven. But um, St. Catherine was basically saying that if you're facing um, in the direction of love, and that's the, the, way, the direction you're walking in, uh, throughout the day, then you're in heaven. And if you're facing in another, another direction, you're not in heaven. <laughs> and I have spent plenty of time uh, in my life uh, cursing life, resisting life, saying, no, this isn't the way I want it, and saying life is unfair, God is unfair. Uh, so I've, I've done both. I've walked in both directions over the years. Okay, okay. Now, now I'm hearing that you think by them cursing or, or doing whatever because we come into this world already with sin amongst us that have something to do tied in with depression right a little bit uh we need okay. to be opening our hearts and accepting ourselves and really having a healthy relationship with ourselves we need to be just fertilizing the soil of the garden we live in, our life soil. Uh, you know, we can think of ourselves as a plant, and we need to also think of ourselves as a gardener. We have to take care of the soil and make sure it has nice nutrients and love and self-acceptance. And all of those things, um, I think that the seven keys that I have in my book, such as uh, accepting your uniqueness, that's one way to give yourself some rich soil uh, to start the journey towards self-love. And when you are on the journey towards self-love, uh, you're not as going to be as depressed. You're not as going to be so likely uh, to think about suicide and stuff. Anybody out there who know of a friend going through this, maybe it's time for you to have a talk. And please, guys, I meant to say it in the beginning, make sure that you share this show with others and let them get a take on this. This is valuable information that could be passed on. There's someone experiencing this right now while they're in their homes. So my heart goes out to the ones who can't even get out. You don't have time to see anybody. Maybe don't even have internet service. I don't know what the case may be, 
but there's somebody who needs to hear this information. So please, let's make sure that we share that with them. So, um, Dr. Elliot, what, I mean, Elliot, what is the most common mistake people make when it comes to leading a happy life? You're, you're a happiness coach. So from your experience working with people, what gets in the way most often? It's a very common for people to fall into the trap of looking to the outside world to give them things to be happy about instead of um, finding the happiness from the inside out. For example, you know, you might wake up in the morning and you might think, uh, well, maybe not today, but a few months ago you might have woken up in the morning and you might have thought, oh, good, I, I, I hope that um, – that I have a chance to do something fun in the evening after work is over. I hope that I have a happy moment in the evening when maybe I'll get together with friends or, or go to a movie, and that will be the source of happiness, whatever is out there in the outside world. Constantly thinking of relying on the events in the outside world to give you happiness is really a trap. We need to be able to um, just experience happiness without a reason, without the outside world giving us happiness. And that's what I always focus on when I'm working with people uh, to become happier. This, the thing about um, the reason why it has to come from the inside out is because happiness can't be chased. You can't run okay. after happiness and get it. It will be elusive. But you can uh, increase your level of inner harmony. And when you have greater inner harmony within you, happiness just shows up as a side effect or as a byproduct. It sort of is the ripple effect of having a greater level of inner harmony. And I have a bunch of keys to inner harmony also that I'd be glad to share with you. Oh, yes, please, Dale. Yeah, if you want to have inner harmony, so that way uh -huh. the happiness will show up also along with it. Um, one of the keys is to cultivate self-trust. And you can cultivate self-trust by just being on the lookout throughout the day of, well, what can I do to be kind? What can I do to, um, to help other people out? When you're doing that, you can end up experiencing um, greater self-trust. I once, uh, just recently, I was uh, waiting for my sandwich outside of a cafe and mm -hmm. uh, an older man showed up, and I pointed him to the door and explained to him that he needed to go to the door to place his order. And so he went to the door. The door was closed, and sure enough, the owner of the cafe showed up in a minute with a paper bag with my sandwich that I was waiting for. And she called out to me to get the sandwich, and I said to her, uh, I, you know, I was six feet away, so I sort of shouted back to her, uh, please take care of this older gentleman first. And so then she took his order, and after that was finished, I went over and I picked up the bag, the sandwich from her. And I felt so good about myself. I knew I could trust myself to do the right thing. I knew I could count on myself to just, in each moment of the day, whatever shows up, to be kind. So this is just one way of increasing self-trust. And when there's self-trust um, happening all the time in your life from one encounter to the other, then that also increases inner harmony, and inner harmony leads to happiness. Right. My take from 
And my take, just from all that, from you even saying, chasing happiness, a lot of people look for validation from others, and that be causing the decrease of happiness in, in your life when you're looking for their opinion. Um, I think that's what most people have to remember. You have for validation from others altogether. Their opinion is not bigger than your opinion. So that's what we have to stop doing. Um, you know, you can't keep chasing the happiness out of our life. Everybody deserves happiness, and you have to find where you are right now. Um, Absolutely. So good. Very well put. Good I appreciate your bringing that forward. And, you know, another thing that we can be mindful of, especially these days when we're cooped up in our houses and uh, maybe oh, yeah. we're at sixes and sevens and our feathers are ruffled sometimes, we can always ask ourselves, what if the, uh, the cosmos, what if God is always um, providing a gift in every sort of experience? Even if the experience yeah. isn't something that we were hoping for, isn't something that would make us happy um, on the surface, what if somewhere in there, if I look deeply enough, what if there's a gift waiting for me? So um, just having that outlook of, I, I trust there might be a gift somewhere in what's going on can really be mm-hmm. a big help. Right, right. And, and as my mentor has explained today on our morning call, you don't need all the answers right now. Things are happening, um, but remember, this is just a storm. I don't know how long of a storm, a temporary storm, we're going to say, but it is what it is, and you don't need all the answers right now. Right now is just time, like you were mentioning, it's time for us to just sit be still, time to meditate, focus on you, focus on your loved ones. This is the time now. It might do be involved with the cosmos and everything, but this is the moment for everybody. And I don't know if people are picking that up or not, but I think that's what it is. Um, God is showing us something. He's got something bigger for all of us, I believe. He does. He's got something bigger for all of us, and we'll see it in store. It's going to come to pass. I'll be waiting all of you guys' testimonies on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so, Elliot, what do you find most exciting and, and inspiring about this book? Say Yes to Life is, um, I feel like it's a book that really reminds everyone that the heart, uh, living from the heart, is really more important than living from the mind. In other words, looking at all of the people around you, looking at yourself, through the eyes of the heart, through the eyes of love, is so key, instead of looking through the eyes of judgment. So we can look at our situation and the people around us, and maybe things are imperfect, and maybe there are things we could judge about them. Or we can look through the eyes of our heart and have some more compassion. Let the judgment go away, give people slack, and just start uh, from the place of compassion in our relationship with ourselves, we don't have to blame ourselves for um, the bad things we've been doing. Sometimes we can go ahead and have some forgiveness and compassion. Hmm. Now that is well. I think that is well put, um, Elliot. It really is. Um, my take from the whole book, as you said, living full out from within. Are we, are we living our life to the fullest every single day? That should be a question that come out of our mouth. Are we living our life to the fullest? 
that should be your number That's one question. That's a wonderful question to think right about, now, right yeah. Now. And, and, you I know, mean, if the answer is no, I haven't been living my life to the fullest, then there's right. a chance for us to forgive ourselves for whatever we've been doing that has been off course and go ahead and just embrace the parts of ourselves with unconditional love that have been unhappy, that have been all upset. And then after that, we can see, okay, what course correction can I make? I've been going in a direction that hasn't been making me happy. Maybe if I start, if I stop cursing life and stop saying life is unfair and go do something different, then maybe um, things will get better. Oh, yes, yes, good valid points. You know, you got to, you got to remember your blessings throughout all this. You know, run from the gossip. And monitor your self-talk. Right now, like we were, Ellie and I were talking about, you quarantine to your house, so you've got to monitor your your self-talk. See, the mind, it it plays this little fiddle with you. Your brain is very, um, very funny. So, you know, to me, you have to let your heart do. So be very careful of that. Get your gratitude journal. If that will work for you, um, something that's going to let you put out your positive thoughts because, this right now, it makes it makes you go crazy. You're not used to being in the house. I know I'm not. I mean, I don't mind being in the house, but for you to tell me, oh, you can't stay out this certain time, it's like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> like, it's one thing when somebody tells you you have to do something, then when you get, you know, okay, I just do it. But to be told, it's different. So you just got to find something, be proactive and productive um, during this time. Now, um, now we we talked about your inspired part about this book. So what do you hope the reader will gain from just reading it? You know, I feel like this book is not really an instructional manual. It's not something that is, you know, hard to read, like I was saying earlier. Uh, It does have some fictional things in it and a lot of wisdom. So what I feel like is that it's it's sort of like a bubble bath. It's sort of like self-care. So if you, you know, want to just have a chance to relax and read the, a little bit of the book at a time, you know, a small chapter one day and another small chapter the next day, it can sort of be a soothing, a comforting experience if you just go ahead and just allow yourself to just relax with the book. I'm really hoping that people will not find it um, a burden to read, but just an enjoyable experience to read. If they find this book a burden to read, I wish I would know they address and pop them across their head, Elliot, because there is nothing difficult to read about this book. You have, that means 127 pages in this book. You better not sit there and say this book is hard to read at all. It's not. It's not difficult. It's simple. I think it's nourishing, definitely inspiring, um, you know, and I just love the part where it said only when we quit wishing for what cannot be, only when we release the false self need to live on its own throne can we begin to see what is. So my take from that is you can only control what you can control. You can't control what's going on in the universe. And that's oh, a lot well, of Thank you so much for your co- – I so appreciate your kind words, and I love how you said it's a nourishing book. Nobody ever told me that before, and I think that might be true. That's that's what I 
was uh, that's what I really hope people will experience the book as as self care, as nourishment, as something that's uplifting and inspiring, something that helps them um, get a new take on on their life, uh, a fresh breath of air. Oh yes, and I'm I'm hoping so, because um, like I said, that mind plays tricks on you. So this right here is going to help where you can take back your control. That's what you want to do, people. You want to take back your control, and we're going to start doing that today. And I'm sure we have some people listening who've been in a perfect storm with one bad thing happening after another. Maybe there's some poor guy out there who lost his job, and then a few days later his wife told him she wants a divorce, and then the next day his dog died, and then a few days later he found out his investments took a, a dive and, or something like that. What would you say to the person who's gone through the ringer or who's going through it right now? I appreciate that question. And, you know, I would ask anyone who's having a really tough time to first and foremost feel their feelings, experience their feelings. That's actually the first thing that anyone and everyone needs to do, no matter what their feelings are, no matter how difficult or easy their life is. You know, we all need to just go through every day allowing ourselves to feel our feelings, allowing our, uh, all the feelings to show up, not just some of them, not to be selective. So this guy who's going through a perfect storm might have a lot of anger going on, maybe, maybe um, some bitterness, maybe some sadness. And those feelings need to be experienced and just felt a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And just know it that. really is a key because um, you might want to think of um, a beach ball on the surface of the water, right. and uh, you can see all the different colors on the beach ball, or all the different feelings uh, are there: the happiness, the okay. sadness, the all of them. Now, if you if you end up deciding, oh, I don't want to feel this way, you want to sort of deny a feeling or resist a feeling, you don't allow the feeling to just be within you 100%, and you end up pushing the beach ball down, then it's under the surface of the water. That takes a lot of energy to keep pushing the beach ball down. So you're not going to be as um, lively and full of energy. <laughs> it's going to drain your energy level, and you'll be exhausted. But also, now it's not visible. So you've sort of, it's one feeling unit, and you've sort of disconnected yourself not only from the sadness that you wanted to push under the water, but you've also sort of gotten uh, disconnected yourself from the happiness that might show up. So, you know, the feelings need to be a dance that just show up, uh, and then you, it shows up, and you let it go after you experience it, and the next feeling shows up, and you experience that, and you let it go. And that really is the key to happiness uh, and to inner harmony. It doesn't depend on what's going on. You can have a perfect storm and find your way to the eye of the storm just by being present to your feelings and giving all of your feelings permission to be without trying to change the feelings. I like that. Because you can't control it. If If you're sad, you're sad. If you're angry... You're angry, but let it right then and there resonate in the moment that it is already in. I like that, Elliot. That's right. Yeah, it's. I call I it honoring your feelings. Right. I, I call it honoring your feelings, and I also think of it as a way of honoring right. the heart. 
Right. So the mind is the part of us that sometimes judges the feelings or is afraid of the feelings or doesn't want certain feelings to show up, and it really gets in the way of a very joyful, wonderful life. I like that. And don't apologize for it now, unless you unless you act ignorant. But don't apologize for your feelings, and I have a bad habit of doing that. If I'm crying, I always apologize. But you're right, Ellie. You have to let it go because all that emotional turmoil, it could cause so much more harm to your health. I know we're not on that subject, but it causes so much to your health. So, you know, you want to think those positive thoughts. Make the most of your time with with us. you got to have self-love in order to pass it out to others. You can't be passing all that negative stuff like a Pandora's box, letting all of the energy out to everybody else. You have to tone in, zone in on your own happiness first. And, and just keep looking forward towards better days because it's always a better day. The storm don't last forever, and then, like you said, it's a perfect storm. There's a perfect, it's a perfect storm right now. That's exactly what it is. I love the way Ella put that perfect storm. I never even would have had thought that myself. Um, now, we we may have some people who out there who probably listening right now too, who grew up in homes where expression happiness just wasn't allowed. Maybe the unspoken rule was don't be so joyful and enthusiastic. We don't want your father to feel bad about his chronic depression. Now, how can people who have been repressed all their life have a breakthrough? How can you help people give themselves permission to be happy, Elliot? You know, um, it really comes down to self-acceptance. Just just a moment ago, you were saying something about how we all need to love ourselves, and then the love will be there to um, pass along to other people as well. And uh, I think the foundation of loving ourselves, the, the first step on that journey is accepting ourselves. So a moment ago I was encouraging everyone to just accept the feelings as they show up, and um, we can accept all of the feelings, including the joy. Uh, we just need to accept everything about ourselves. Uh, and it's not something that will necessarily happen overnight, just all of a sudden going from having trouble accepting yourself, and then the next day you're full of self-acceptance. Sometimes it's a gradual journey. I really feel like that's what spiritual growth is all about. And uh, spiritual growth for most people, at least for me, is a gradual, has been a gradual journey. Mm. You know, um, one baby step at a time. Right. Because we're so busy, and sometimes we get so busy helping others out that we, we get out of the habit of letting go and, and, and taking any, any little time we can to just recharge our own batteries, and we forget that our happiness means the most. I can't help you if I'm unhappy over here, all miserable, and I have been told that um, just the way I phrase the question, oh, you too happy, you too chitter. Uh, well, that's, my, that's your business if you're not happy. I say when I was working, I always say, uh-uh, don't come up in here with that negative chakra. If you aren't happy, I need you to turn, do a U-turn and go on back out the door because that's what, uh-uh, don't come over here because that negativity, I zone it, I zone it out. But you but you do. You got to take me time in any case situation. Um, and it's not being selfish. So don't think that you're being selfish because you're having me time. You need that. That keeps you going. You can't give anybody else happiness if you're sad. I mean, it wouldn't make any logical sense. But um, you you seem to be saying that happiness is something we are born with, Elliot. Now, this is quite different from the popular notion that happiness is just an emotion. 
a feeling that comes and goes. People are always saying that happiness is fleeting. Could you say more about your understanding of happiness and how it might be different from the usual definition? I appreciate that question. And, you know, I'm going to just um, make a distinction between happiness and joy because happiness is a word that a lot of people use all the time. And it's yeah. – I don't think the – the definition is necessarily very clear sometimes because I think happiness can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I think joy is really what we're born with, and um, it's an undercurrent of joy that we come to the world with, um, but we don't necessarily always connect with it. We can go for years and years and years without noticing that subtle undercurrent of joy that's in our heart. I believe it's with, our, with us, um, that little, that tiny flame of light uh, that, that is really joy. Uh, it's with us from the time we're born until our final day on earth, and it can't go away. It can't be taken from us. So I'm always interested in, you know, helping people go beyond the distractions, helping people uh, get rid of the layers that are covering that, that undercurrent of joy that's within us so that we can get in touch with and tap into that place of joy that we were born with. You might want to even think of that joy as one of God's gifts to us. It's part of our essence. It's part of who we are. Uh, we were made in the image and likeness of God. And if we're made in the image of God, and if God has joy, then that's one of our qualities, too. You, you know, um, I read somewhere where it said um, Buddha taught that humans are born to realize a world of joy and satisfaction. And then when this goal is achieved, all the pain, hardship, and troubles that we have gone through turn to joy and happiness. Uh, we appreciate the politics, you know, the economics, the science, all that, because we become aware that they have helped us to live and realize the purpose of our own life. I so appreciate your sharing that quote. I never heard that quote before, so thank you. That's such a gift. If we can just go backwards a little bit, I just wanted to say I remember you used the word gratitude journal just a few minutes ago. And, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to give people a little bit of a help with starting a gratitude journal. Um, one of the things that you can do uh, before you start, sometimes people have trouble. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've run into people in my circle who sometimes just don't feel gratitude. And if you're writing things in your gratitude journal because you're thinking, oh, I should feel grateful because I'm healthy, that isn't the same as feeling the gratitude. So I'd like to encourage people to start with an appreciation list. And every day you can write down three things that you appreciate about yourself. So if I were doing that today, I might write down, I appreciate my love for cats. I appreciate my love for flowers. I appreciate my willingness to learn. I appreciate my friendliness, I appreciate my tenderness. So you can write down just three things every day that you appreciate about yourself, the qualities you have or whatever. I appreciate my love for coffee. It can be anything. And after you've done that for, let's say, seven days, 
then you'll have a list of 21 things you appreciate about yourself. The next week, the next seven days, you can spend um, going back over the list and changing all of those statements to gratitude statements. I'm grateful for my love of cats. I'm grateful for my love of flowers. I'm grateful for my willingness to learn. I'm grateful for my friendliness. I'm grateful for my tenderness. And uh, you can just uh, spend a week in the gratitude energy. I feel like appreciation is almost all the way to gratitude. It's it's the first step on the way. And it's sort of like um, having uh, training wheels uh, to get a sense of balance on a bicycle or, or training wheels, appreciation can be your training wheels to move into the gratitude. Okay, I did. I took those notes. So, guys, I hope you caught on to that. Make sure that you start off with appreciation, the things that you appreciate about your own self, and then with that next week, change appreciation into the word gratitude. Oh, man, those are powerful. So we have talked about cultivating self-trust. We talked about joy is what you're born with. Now we're talking about the gratitude journey. This is all so good. You know, all the keys and say yes to life are all about saying yes to something. The first key is say yes to your expansiveness. The second key is say yes to your uniqueness and so on. So you're inviting the reader to choose to say yes to one thing after another, and the reader could choose to say no to their expansiveness and their uniqueness if they want. Could you say more about how we could choose to be happy about happiness can be a choice? Oh, I appreciate that. Um, Well, I feel like we do have uh, the choice whether to say yes to our uniqueness or to say no to our uniqueness, whether to um, Mm -hmm. say, whether to, in other words, what I, what I mean by that is we have a choice as to whether to accept and embrace and celebrate the unique qualities that we have or to uh, dismiss, discount uh, the unique qualities to um, just really not acknowledge them, just uh, not even pay any attention to them, ignore our unique qualities. Uh, so in my case, um, you know, I have a wonderful, unique sense of humor, and I can acknowledge it and embrace it and celebrate it and be glad about that unique sense of humor that I have, or I can ignore it and uh, dismiss it and deny that I have it. <laughs> so that's just one example of um, how there is a choice. Um, another choice that we might have is the choice to uh, have accept uh, the choice to let ourselves be free from the past, or the choice to not let ourselves be free from the past. We can keep holding on to our self-images and keep uh, being unwilling to consider that maybe there's more beauty in us than we've ever seen. Or we can make the choice to let go of the old self-images. We can make the choice to um, explore uh, some more noble, wonderful things within us that we've never noticed before. So it it really can go both ways. I'd like to just also point out that um, it's the small things that make a big difference. We haven't been talking about big things. The gratitude journal is a small thing. Uh, Choosing to notice 
um, your unique qualities, your unique sense of humor, your unique um, strength with being cooperative and a partner or whatever it is that's unique for you. Uh, these are little things. Uh, the the little thing I did the other day when I saw the old man at the uh, cafe and I asked the server to let him go first. Um, these are all very little things, and they all add up to a lot of self-trust, to a lot of inner harmony. Uh, they really do make the, a big difference. Um, the, 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 sometimes I think the little things are really the big things, and they're really more important than anything else. I agree. I certainly, I certainly do agree with that 100%. Um, and by the end of the day, it is, it is your choice whether you choose to receive it or not. You know, kind of reminds me of what my mentor always tells us: the takers take from the universe, and the universe gives. To, the universe gives to the givers, and the universe takes from the takers. So it's one way or the other. You either want to choose to be happy and. There are people walking around like that daily, stuck in their own unhappiness, and more power to you. I don't know how that works out for you, but, hey, each to their own. Um, now, some people say you either have a happy constitution or you don't. you either born a happy person or you're not. Uh, you know, I, I feel like um, we sort of already touched on that a little bit when I was saying that I really do think we all come into the world with an undercurrent of joy. I really do believe that we do have um, like sort of like um, a well within us of joy that we can tap into. And I just feel like so often we end up just going through our lives, jumping around nonstop from one thing to another without ever uh, tapping in, without ever putting the bucket down in the well and, and bringing up a bucket of water or a bucket of joy from the well. Uh, so it's just a matter of um, being present to the joy there and, and noticing it and acknowledging it. Right. Um, and I, I couldn't, you know, at the very end of the book, there's an about the author page and also an about the book page. The about the book page suggests that people might want to form say yes to life groups. What makes this book conducive to being read in a group context? Um, the book could ha could end up being a chance to get people to get to know people better. If you're there with some friends or maybe some people from your church or whatever, it gives you a chance to. Uh, look at how you have been maybe um, not acknowledging your unique traits or how you have been acknowledging your unique traits. And just imagine everyone going around in the circle and sharing about their own unique traits, their own uh, experience in life with failing to celebrate their uniqueness. And then maybe the next week they come back and they share with each other, you know, I was really aware of how I can celebrate who I am. I was just aware of that all week since that's what we were talking about last week as a group. And I found myself celebrating myself more. It's really a chance to support each other through the journey of the book and a chance to um, – also get to know each other better, to, to be vulnerable and, and, and uh, real and authentic with each other. 
it can be a very rich experience. See um, your book being used. Because it's a daily nourish, like I said, it's a nourishing book. I can see you using this as a daily method in your life. This should be one book that people have on their shelves. So, and we definitely gonna make sure you get that information on where to get Elliot's book too. Now, say yes to life has some touching moments. Here's one example. If you don't mind me reading a little from the book, go right ahead. Describing the scene. Thank you. You're describing the scene from the classic book, The Little Prince. A scene where the narrator is carrying the little prince across the desert, and the young boy has fallen asleep. You quote these sentences from The Little Prince. What moves me so deeply about this sleeping little prince is his loyalty to a flower, the image of a rose shining within him like the flame within a lamp, even when he's sleeping. When you wrote this book, were you aiming to write a book that would be touching, that would speak not only to our minds but also to our hearts? That's a quote from The Little Prince, and The Little Prince has a lot of uh, its focus on the heart uh, and on how if you're living from your heart, it can make a world of difference in your experience in your life from one day to the next. So, yes, I really am hoping that the book will speak to everyone's heart. Oh, it definitely will. It definitely will. It's going to touch many. I'm, I'm, I already see that. Now, we got so many people out there are, who are not religious in this day and age. Um, some baby boomers continue to go to church or synagogue or temple, but many from the older generation have no interest in religion. And nearly all of the millennials are completely disinterested in religion, of course, um, including the Generation Z, if you don't even have them in there. Um, your book includes quotes from a few saints. Would you say your book is primarily for those who are religious? I think that those who are religious might enjoy the book and might get a lot of value out of it, and they might appreciate the quotes from St. Francis that are in there. I also think that most of the people who read the book might not really be interested in religion and much more interested in the spiritual wisdom that's found there. A lot of the book is um, focused on things other than religious stuff. Uh, when, when, you're, when you're focusing on the heart, that's something that's so universal that doesn't really apply to any particular religion's dogma so much. It's just something that comes with the territory when you're looking at human beings who are both human and spiritual when, when you're starting from the assumption that we are all spiritual beings having a human experience, uh, that, that's the assumption I started the book from. So I think everyone is going to be able to um, find some value and some inspiration from the book. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Now, about happiness and joy, with a chapter devoted to grief, why did you include grief as one of the seven keys to living life full out? I'm so glad you asked that question, especially at this time, because I don't know if everyone's aware of it or not, but I really do think that we are all experiencing grief, each and every one of us. Whether or not you have really realized that that's what you're going through, I think that might be what, uh, quite possibly what we're all going through, uh, because we're all losing certain things. 
uh, for some of us, we're losing a lot of things like um, the habit of going to work every that, that environment of being in an office every day, or um, we're losing uh, just little things like. Um, if you had a habit of going to a cafe for a cup of coffee with a friend once a week and now the cafe is closed and you can't sit down and uh, have a nice conversation with your friend in the cafe. So it's a big adjustment. We're all losing something. Uh, And um, whenever there's loss, there's grief. Uh, Maybe not major grief. Uh, I guess it's just different for all of us. We're all unique and we're all having our own experience. But um, I really do feel like we need to um, just be aware that we're going through grief, allow ourselves to experience all the feelings, like I was saying earlier about how that's so important. And we, what we can find is when we are just giving ourselves time to grieve, it can turn into a bridge that takes us in the direction of gratitude Um, I really feel like grief uh, can be such a strong, powerful journey. The journey of grief, living uh, full out in our grief, can take us to a place of acceptance. And when we're in a place of acceptance of how things are, we are poised for gratitude. We we are um, available to gratitude showing up. Right. You, it's almost like saying you can't have good without having the bad. You can't go left while going right. So you got to have, it's got to be a balance of both. But I can understand that why grief would definitely be in the book. Sometimes that's what you have to do in life. You have to grieve first before you get to your happiness. Um, I believe that for myself. I'm glad that we are talking about this because I believe that for myself with my mom, passing seven months ago, I have to get past this grievance in order to find the happiness. I mean, I'm happy, but it's a process. It, it is. So that definitely made, it makes sense, the reason why it is in the book. I mean, you can't have one without the other at all. Oh, I appreciate, now, I appreciate your sharing about your experience with your mother. And, yes, uh, that's usually what we're grieving about is when we lose somebody who's been so important in our life. And then there can also be grief um, when life suddenly changes, uh, maybe not because somebody passed away, but for other reasons. And so I feel like we might all be griefing, having some grief about life changing over the last few weeks. I think that can also bring up some uh, the grief process. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. If. What are you hoping that one message of wisdom would be? How are you hoping that life might be transformed for the better? Yeah, I'm hoping that um, people will be able to sort of get some freedom from that constant chattering mind. And uh, when they're free from that, begin to become more intimate with their heart, be fall into their heart's eyes and see the world from a place of compassion. And I'm, I would be so humbled if I were to be at a book signing and somebody came up to me and said, you know, your book helped me to fall in love with myself. I would be so humbled if somebody uh, found the book to just be a little bit of a help in that direction. Right. And I'm hoping 
that is the one message that they do take from it. And get that happiness in your life that you definitely deserve. Now, in the few minutes we have left, would you be willing to read maybe two or three paragraphs from Say Yes to Life? I'm so sorry. I don't have a copy of the book with me right this moment, so I I really can't help you with that. <laughs> well, you probably can help us with this then, Elliot. Where can we purchase this wonderful book from? Yeah, it's at Amazon, and it's also – you can find out more about it, and you can get a little bit of a sneak preview, a few pages for no charge – along with an appreciation exercise like the one we were doing earlier. You, if you go to my book's website, that website is www.sayyestolifebook.com. So if you go there, you can just check off a checkbox and you'll be receiving a free gift, which includes a few pages from the book. And then if you like what you read, uh, then you can go ahead and buy the book, you know, after you sort of get a little sample of it for no charge. Once again, that's www.sayyestolife. For being here, are there any last words that you want to give um, the listeners for themselves, you know, anything else that you want to leave on their heart and mind? Yes, I'm so concerned about the younger people. We were talking about how the teenagers are struggling these days as a group. So I just want to encourage anyone, if you have a teenager in your life, please be sure to let them know that life goes in cycles and that things can get better. When you're 17 and you've had a year or two that has been really rough sledding, you don't have that perspective. You haven't lived long enough to know that life is cycles and you have a good moment followed by a bad moment followed by a good moment a good year followed by a bad year or two followed by a good year it cycles winter and spring the ebb and the flow of the tide please be sure to reassure the 17 year olds in your life that just because the last year or two has been really bad for them doesn't mean that that's going to be the way it is for the next few years. I know in my life when I was in high school, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, uh, life was pretty miserable. And later on, I encountered the glory and majesty of life and the glory within me. So there's always a chance uh, for things to get better. Please let the teenagers know. Most definitely. We have to keep checking on our younger youth. They're going through so much, and they don't know how to express themselves so much around them with the Internet. My God, I wish that wasn't even around. And you just have to watch them. You can't watch them 24-7, but now is the time to get more than ever to get involved with them while they're out of school permanently for right now. I'm going to get in tied into them, check into those phones, see what sites they're on, who they're talking to. Get involved with your children. I'm not saying be their best friend, but get involved with them. Yeah, and um, you know them. what? You know, you know what? Sometimes just showing up for them, being present, and saying I care about you can do wonders. Right. That is just that's exactly. a little thing, and it can be enough to turn things uh, around. Oh yes, it can. They just got to got to show them that you care. Can't brush them off. Elliot, I appreciate you. I hope everybody took good notes, good tips. Make sure you listen to the replay. It's very valuable. 
and share with someone out there. You can save a life today. Now, before I leave you guys, I'd like to give my truth of the day for my friend, Mary Ellen Signovich, which is take a leap of faith to accomplish anything you set out to do. You may find yourself contemplating an outrageous or unattainable goal, especially during an unusual time. We are all experiencing. You must allow your faith in God to carry you. Do not resist the urge to jump into a new venture. Rather, have no doubt about your life as you allow the universal flow of goodness, God, to carry you through a COVID-19 crisis. A successful leap of faith requires your attention to the details. Lean on that quiet, knowing voice of God, of your inner self, as it guides you to your ultimate destination of success. Today, take a courageous leap of faith to guide you forward. Enjoy the day, everyone. And what um, my mentor said, you'll know God is speaking to you because he'll tell you to take your next step. So that has been all. I hope you guys stay blessed, stay proactive, and productive. Tuning in. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 